Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's me, your old pal. Don't, don't worry now, don't be afraid. It's good to be here, though it is also very weird to be here. I have been more like America's dad than ever before. Hello, and welcome to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with New York City's most childish lover, Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm your street-savvy, scrappy best friend, Luke Patrick. This week we watched 1988's Big. Uh, and, uh, what, what a big film it is. Um... Luke, how how was your watch this week? Oh, my dude, I cannot express to you the sheer joy I experienced booting up this movie and seeing through the Google Play Store that it has a fucking 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. Thank fuck, Sam, we have arrived at Tom Hanks Station. We are in the promised land. Oh, thank fuck it was so good. I had the best watch with the least ideal circumstances. I started late. It was dark. My wife was busy doing other things. It was just me and Tom and this amazing plot. And I had the greatest time. How was your watch, buddy? Uh, first of all, I'm so glad to hear that because I know you were you were kind of pushing it off. We were talking a little bit before <laughs> you started watching and you had procrastinated quite a bit. Yeah, I essentially finished work and then sat around on my ass doing literally anything else, kind of dreading having to spend close to two hours watching a tom hanks movie and uh holy shit did that that cruise line just turned right around and went right back to paradise for me it was it was amazing so so would it be a stretch for me to say that maybe you didn't miss tom this week you know i didn't expect to but honestly no by the time tom was at my door banging on it i i was not prepared to let him in and sort of set the table really yeah i was pretty over it for no real reason other than i think just Having to watch another Tom Hanks movie was uh, kind of a drag after the string of movies we've had to watch. Dragnet was a bit of an exception. Yeah, a lot of slimy cherries in this bucket. So how was how was your uh, so yeah did you did you miss Tom? I did actually. Uh, since his antics as Pep Strebeck uh, last week entertained me so, I I was pretty excited to see Tom again. Nice dude. Especially since Big is one of those movies that a lot of people reference as being like a good movie and a good like like Tom Hanks like breakout role and I don't know a thing about it. Yeah. I was I was pretty excited to dig into this uh feast. Fuck yeah. Well how was that watch? Did it deliver for you? It was it was a good watch. Mm. My my wife joined me again for some reason. And uh especially after the horrors of every time we say goodbye. Though this time she did she did imbibe. 
in a couple margaritas, and so, <laughs> so that did make for a for a fun point of view on her part. Yeah, it turned up the fun dial a bit. It did. And you were as a as a foil to her experience. Were you stone cold sober for this one? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm not much of a, a booze man myself. Yeah. So uh, I just had some ice cream. Much <laughs> much like Tom Hanks in this movie, you have foregone the liquors uh, in exchange for sweets. Oh yeah, I I took no part of the demon drink. Yeah. Well, hey, did you uh, did you like the movie? Was it good? I mean, we can dig into it more later. But uh, how do you how do you feel about Big? Well, sorry, let me let me back up. Yeah. Did you have you or Kenna either seen this movie before? I have never seen it to to the point where I didn't know anything about it except that Tom Hanks had something to do with a child. Right. At last week, and and it was my legitimate thought. That maybe he had Benjamin Button disease. Yeah. Did that turn out to be accurate? It did not. <laughs> uh, unless Benjamin Button disease is magic. Right. I liked it. We can talk about it more. Sure. There's some weirdness in this one. Yeah, there's there's some bumps in the road for sure. Well, that's awesome, though. I'm glad you had a good watch. Did uh, did Kenna have a good watch, too? Your, your oh, yeah. co-pilot Ooh. for this? Uh, yeah, turns out uh, the demon drink makes you makes you get the giggles so she she laughed a lot nice and she thinks she's seen it before but she was not certain yeah i'm in the same bucket as kenna i feel like it's just a symptom of this movie having come out in 1988 i want to say mm-hmm. yeah yeah that i'm pretty sure i've seen it but in a, in my periphery so this was let's say my first time seeing it all the way through for sure okay so would you like to break the plot down for anyone who needs a bit of a refresher? Yeah, we're getting into that stage where potentially lots of people have seen the movie, so we'll, we'll blast through it with Luke Patrick's patented three-act structure, your money back. Uh, Big's pretty easy. I will say that this movie, from a structural standpoint, really hit me where I live. The The concept of the major dramatic question is this thing where, like, you know, what's, what's the thing that the climax of this movie is going to resolve? What question uh, is going to be resolved? And this movie is textbook. It asks the MDQ at exactly 10 minutes. Act structure proceeds uh, as expected from there. Holy shit, dude. This movie's well-written. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man. Yeah. So here's your here's your split. So act one, uh, we experience Tom Hanks as a young kid. And he is uh, at the fair with his, his parents. Kind of just doing normal kid stuff. And then he gets rejected from a ride because he is too short. So he goes over to a Zoltar machine, and his wish is that he will be big. So at sort of the end of Act 1, he is big. <laughs> the next morning, he's now a 30-year-old man, which most people would say is big. Mm-hmm. And then uh, now that he's Tom Hanks, he runs away from home, and his best friend helps him get into the city, and he stays at a, a CD motel to kind of figure this whole thing out. That's pretty much Act 1. Act 2 is escalating tension as he gets a job at a toy maker mm-hmm. mcmillan toys mcmillan toys yeah and given that he is actually a child inside of a 30 year old tom hanks he's quite good at coming up with toy lines and giving feedback and stuff so he quickly rises through the ranks he reaches a point of stability he meets a woman they kind of have a relationship and towards the end of act two we see him progressing out of being a little child and into roughly a 30 year old somewhere kind of in between defo want to talk about that in a yes. moment um yeah and then act three is the resolution as his best friend tries to get him to come back to his old neighborhood and to be a kid again and he's struggling with 
having this new life and this new job and this new relationship. And ultimately he does find another Zoltar machine and make a wish and leaves his love interest behind and returns to his home. There you go, dude. God damn it. It's accurate. God damn. Yeah. You nailed it. Mm. I mean, I can't take the credit. The, uh, you know, the writing here is just really textbook. It's really earning every percent on uh, you old Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it absolutely is. And it it feels it, too. Because, mm-hmm. uh, man, this is definitely the most complete, concise, sensical movie we've seen yet out of the Hanks man himself. Fuck yes, dude. You've really turned a corner and I'm so here for it. Oh, God. It's like... We've seen shadows of food up to this point, and now we're finally getting to eat it. Yeah, we're crawling out of Plato's food cave <laughs> into something more nourishing. Yeah, well, okay, now that we're here, sir, you know, what did you what you think of this movie? I, I liked it, but Luke, there's a lot of darkness around the edges of this movie. Mm, meaning, meaning what? If you'll, if you'll dive into the deep end on that one and swim around a little bit. Uh, so, uh, the, the storm behind me sort of adding the appropriate mood for this, the beginning of this movie is legitimately horrifying from anyone other than Tom's perspective. Yes. Do you mean like his family? Yes. Yes, 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 dude. I, so he, you know, he, he wakes up, God, this thunder, um, (laughs) (laughs) he wakes up and he's an adult man and I do want to take a moment, did did you think Tom looked kind of fucking hot? <laughs> you mean standing there in the way too tight children's underwear? Well, I don't want to imply that that's my, my scene, but just a nearly naked Tom Hanks in that bathroom in front of that mirror. Dude's, dude was kind of cut. Hey man, I'm on record as uh, you know a big fan of this edition of Tom and pretty much any edition of Tom. I have a suspicion for why you, you feel this way, though, if you want me to kind of give you that one. Yeah, please. I think it's because one of my notes for this is that Tom Hanks, at this point, I feel like is almost a little too old for this role. Oh. Because I feel like we're in, we're in a transition phase where we're starting to see, like, uh, on the Hanks gradient, we aren't yet at Jowly... Sully Sullenberg level of Hanks, but we are kind of yeah. in between. We're heading towards. There's been a coarsening, yes. Yeah, <laughs> the coarsening has happened a bit. So I'm thinking maybe this is just you, as someone on record who really wants Greyhound Hanks. Uh, you're, you're seeing some flavors that you like, and you're you're really I, smelling them. So I'll tell you right now, I I maybe could could push Greyhound Hanks aside for this <laughs> Hanks because, hot damn. Like he's got a great ass. Well, nice, dude. And uh, also those those uh, that small pair of children's underwear did get you a good view of his pretty meaty hog. <laughs> Confirming our suspicion that we we believe Tom Hanks is incredibly well endowed. Yeah, no, he's got a fat hog, and he's gonna need those Titan condoms. <laughs> yeah. Well, outside of you know drooling a. Uh, rightfully so over over <laughs> tom hanks rock and bod yeah what'd you think about the uh the beginning of this movie you were you were saying something about his family yeah, yeah sorry i did get sidetracked <laughs> by his body who wouldn't so he like leaves the house uh without her seeing him and then like some shit happens i don't i don't fully remember and then he comes back into the house and his mom is vacuuming and doesn't right. see this adult man she's never seen before enter her home in like sweatpants and like a hoodie sure 
and then he just is like standing in front of her while she's while, while she's vacuuming and she looks up and sees a strange man in her house who then tells her he's her son and he knows all these details about what what her son likes what he calls her uh just everything yeah. everything about her son and he starts yelling about how she's his mom and it's i could not like enjoy any humor in this situation that that may or may not have been intended because i was so focused on her perspective at it and it's so horrifying luke yeah i think it's worth continuing that train of thought because at the very end of this movie and i'm ashamed it took me this long i realized that on the opposite side of this plot line is a fucking ben affleck movie mm-hmm. about a family whose whose kid is gone <laughs> and there's yeah a strange man in New York that occasionally calls them to say that their son is well, but he can't give them back. Exactly. Yeah. So, so one half of this movie is 1988's Big, and the other half of it is an episode of Mind Hunter. <laughs> right. And then at the very end, when his love interest drops him back off at the old neighborhood, I did note that they solve this Werner Herzog plotline with ADR <laughs> as he's walking into the house. Yeah. We just hear his mom saying. Hey, Joshua, I'm so glad you're home. And it's like, dude, <laughs> she's been fucking had her life turned upside down broad church style for six months. It's been how long? I, six months? I believe it's at least a quarter. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it's Holy long enough shit. for him to be made VP of, of product development in even a short yeah. time span. Fuck me. Yeah. Again. And like there's a scene later where like his best friend, Billy? Mm-hmm. is talking to, to Josh, Tom Hanks's character's uh, mom, uh, across, like, their little alley that their houses share or whatever. Yes. And she's she's just going through his room, looking through his stuff, because I can almost guarantee she thinks he's dead. Yeah, she's over there trying to decide if they need to convert this into a new study and move on Yeah, with their grieving. Yeah, and he's just like, he'll be back soon, and she's just like... <laughs> Yeah, this fucking prick across the alleyway. <laughs> she says something to the effect of he had a birthday, which is gut wrenching. And his friend oh, who oh gave him God. a birthday celebration in New York is like, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's horrifying. And then on top of that, Tom makes it to New York City uh, with Billy and they check into this really seedy motel. And then Billy leaves just a, a young child leaves out of this motel to make it back home in New York City in the mid to late 80s. Yeah. Which apparently is a perfectly fine thing to do. And, like, you hear people screaming. You hear uh, gunshots. You hear a guy yelling at someone in the nearby room. This thunder is giving me the <laughs> best sort of background for, for this. And then Tom lays on the the disgusting bed and just cries and it's like this is not funny at all yeah it's it's, it's a, so bleak it's a bleak beginning and then a bleak subtext to the rest of the movie but sam god damn it we have a great very upbeat light movie here we do and, uh fuck and me if i don't want to loop it back to that oh we will trust me i just i thought it was so weird that it had this this like extremely dark undertone yeah well I'll, let me steer us back briefly to mention that for young hanks i did make a note that whoever cast this kid 
basically said, hey, bring me a child, but with the bone structure of a 31-year-old man. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see this kid? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I have an explanation for why he looks that way. I mean, outside of genetics and biology. Uh, yeah, hit me with it. So uh, I looked up who else was potentially going to be cast in Tom Hanks' role, and uh-huh. uh, I shit you not, Robert De Niro was going to be the dude. What? So the kid is essentially cast to look like a super young Robert De Niro. I can see it, but yeah. why the fuck would they want Robert De Niro for this? <laughs> as as they showed Tom Hanks watching at one point, wasn't he just in, was it Taxi Driver or just Taxi? Taxi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is not a goofer of a film. No, and to my point about being slightly too old, I can't see a way in which grizzled Robert De Niro, oh god, even a late 80s one, manages to pull off this sort of kid look. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Yeah, it made me laugh. It does raise the interesting point, though, that this kid has been chosen to look like a different actor and then recast as young Tom, which could explain a little bit why... His mom is so fucking freaked out that uh, adult Tom doesn't really look anything like her kid. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, that would do it. I also uh, do want to take the opportunity. uh, Did you recognize Tom's mom? No. Oh, uh, that actress also was in Frasier. Oh, who is she in that? Uh, She was Kate. She was one of the station managers, I think, before Kenny. Yes. And she and Frasier had a dalliance. Oh, uh, loving these hits. Thunder's not happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if memory serves, she was in multiple episodes, but the one I remember the most is titled Leaping Lizards. Mm. Man, I love that, uh, you know, with the background there, it's clear that God hates Frasier, so. Apparently so. <laughs> well, I didn't notice that. That's a good catch. Yeah, yeah. And she was, she was great in this role as a grieving mother. <laughs> yeah. That's the sequel. Is the the flip side of this? We'll get the we'll get Edward's perspective instead of Bella's yeah. on, on this novella. <laughs> I've got a real quick question for you. Uh huh. So, given that this plot hinges around a magic Zoltar machine that converts Tom Hanks into said big, or sorry, child Tom uh-huh. into said big Tom Hanks, it's yes. a really complicated plot. <laughs> Do you think Zoltar was birthed in this movie or was product placement? Ooh. Uh, you and and you're referring to the Vor icon Zoltar, right? <laughs> yes, the the gigantic magical mouth that is Zoltar. Yes, that can just unhinge its jaw and swallow that currency whole. Yeah, the biggest gold. Uh, ooh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna guess that we witnessed the birth of Zoltar in this film. Well, Sam, it was a trick fucking question because Zoltar is based on Zoltan and they changed one letter for this movie. Holy shit. And had some custom made and then after this, the company that makes Zoltan fucking just took the idea and ran with it, which is why now you can absolutely find Zoltar machines. In fact, there is one within a five mile radius of my fucking house. No shit. Yeah, dude. I could go I could go get bigged today. Oh, have you considered doing it? I have not. And actually, that is an interesting point because, Sam, I made a note that I don't think an adult version of this would work. What would it be? So, essentially, if I were to go get big, I'd wake up 10 to 15 years older. But, you know, what would that really change, bud? (laughs) Uh, I still got to go to work. Yeah, you'd have more aches. Yeah. I mean, that's a point. I mean... The, the alternative is that you go to, to Vor Icon Zoltar and say, <laughs> make me little. Mm. I don't 
I don't want that. I don't want that, no. bud. I don't want it at all. Yeah. Uh, Tom's love interest didn't want it. I assume because she was like, I did puberty once, and that's enough. Yeah, she more or less says that at the end of the movie, and fuck if that isn't a mood. Yeah, boy, because I, I had the same thought about I was like, you don't want to do that again, that sucks. <laughs> One was too many times. Yeah. Well, what what could we, Zoltar? Hmm, now there's a question. Hmm. Does... What could we, Zoltar? <laughs> Welcome to a new segment of the show. What could we Zoltar? What are the <laughs> what are the parameters for this? Is, does it have to be age related? Uh, I I don't think so. Hmm. Or is it? I think it'd have to be to stay within the realm, or maybe physical, you know, body related. Yeah. I think replicating Tom Hanks' gigantic dong would have its advantages. Ooh yeah. Ooh maybe shit. Big down there. Shit shit shit. I have it, bud. Uh huh. It's. For anybody else, the machine just turns you into Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, I want that. I want that right now. Yeah, your wish is granted. You're now Tom Hanks, bud. Mm, make me Tom. <laughs> Zoltar has spoken. Do you think there was a porn version of the movie where a character went up and said, make me big down there? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm sure shit going to Google that right now for you. So if you will <laughs> Please hold on. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give uh, this is the portion of the show where Luke looks up pornography. Yeah, I mean, while Sam just sits here during a thunderstorm. That's always a part of the show. We've just never announced it before. Well, uh, you have any other thoughts about sort of the the beginning to, to middle section of this year this year flick? I did. I did love that uh, the department that Tom Hanks worked in at the toy store was computers. Yeah, it was just computers department. Yeah, I mean they were figuring stuff out at this point. Essentially, it was just a dos screen where you could tap in some characters i did also notice so his paycheck was 187 dollars and i'm assuming he's paid once every other week mm, yeah even in 1988 which as we know was right after the crash of 87 that means that tom hanks at an entry-level position was being paid four thousand four hundred eighty-eight dollars a year hey that's a good point you asked about this before the record reschedule of payments and uh, i'm tracking with you now holy shit dude yeah that's that's criminal mcmillan toys is uh essentially a sweatshop yeah they do have a really speedy career path though they do they do and they promote from within <laughs> it's um, true so there is that and you know my wife pointed this out too um he's 13 in the movie which i was surprised to hear later on in the movie when he said he was 13 because child tom seems maybe like a 13 year old in that he and his friend are both uh your traditional 1980s perverts right but adult tom seems far younger than that than 13 mm. yeah i see what you're saying he does play with toys an awful he plays lot plays with toys a lot and not in a way that a 13 year old would yeah i think it's because internet I, so I thought about that, hmm. but I don't think so because it was a very childish, like he would pick up a toy and be like, <laughs> and like, it was just like, oh, oh, no. and like, that's not what 13 year olds do. Yeah, that's You're welcome true. for that great audio. Oh, I loved every minute of it. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good point too, about when he gets some money after being promoted and he decks out his penthouse, he does fill mm -hmm. it with. A fire engine red bunk bed and a bunch yeah. of other toys. I mean, it's really. It, I see your point. It does look more like an eight to ten 
sort mm-hmm. of arrangement. What what thirteen year old wants a child sized bunk bed? Because that's the other thing is it's a really small bunk bed. Yeah, by that point you at least want a twin, right? At least. Yeah, dog. Um, and then, uh, can we talk about the piano scene? Yes, 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 the yes. We can. The iconic piano scene. Mm. This is definitely a part that I, I know I've seen before. You see, I never have. Yeah. I've seen the references to it, but I've never actually seen this. It's genuinely weird. Um, yeah, so for those who haven't seen the movie, it is a scene where they're in F.A.O. Schwartz in New York, and Tom and the CEO of this company... Played by, uh, is it Robert Loja? Oh, you, I don't know there, man. I think it's Robert Loja. Yeah, let's go with that. But yeah, they're on a gigantic 16-foot touch piano that you play with your feet, and they bang out some of the classics some of the classic bangers from piano school it, it struck me as a really strange scene the mm. the whole trip to fao schwartz because there's an adult man running around playing with children and playing with toys in a toy store in public and no one thinks hey that's odd yeah like no one even gives him a second look no and at one point somebody comes up and does ask if he's there with his kids and then he demurely says uh no which is a horrifying answer to yeah, that, that was question. that was robert Loja. Mm. that was his fucking boss well, was like <laughs> bosses 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 boss and he comes up and he's like oh hey are you here with your kids and tom goes no i just like playing with toys or whatever the fuck he says and then and then robert Loja says yeah me too yeah it's like no I mean, to to back him up, maybe this is the only employment scenario where being this into toys as a grown ass man makes any sense. But even then, it's pretty thin. I can't imagine the people at Hasbro are playing with Transformers in their off hours. Right. Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, they did show a lot of Playmobil in FAO shorts. And I just wanted to plug Playmobil just really briefly (laughs) um, as... As an alternative to Lego, which is a garbage toy for idiot people. Yeah. Lego's terrible and falls apart and you can't really play with it because it's uh, Danish. And as we all know, the Danes are evil. Playmobil, uh, a German toy far superior, is genuinely fun. And I enjoyed it throughout my entire childhood. Hell, if I could, I'd play with it today. Like a child would. uh, Like Tom Hanks did. Yeah. It's a great toy. Buy it for your kids. Playmobil. Uh, gets my seal of approval, and thus uh, Tom Hanks's. Sam's Childhood, brought to you by Playmobil. Uh, and that's, uh, in case you want to look it up, P-L-A-Y-M-O-B-I-L. No E. Um, oh, God damn it, dude. <laughs> Luke, I'm going to use this podcast to plug everything I possibly can. <laughs> the Yeah, and then they get up to the piano, and like, Tom Hanks goes ape shit on it, like running around it, and like uh, like sliding on it and stuff, and there's his the president of the company that he works for just watching him and being like this is normal yeah it's confusing behavior and it extends to his love interest too who goes to his flat at one point sees sees the situation they go to sleep tom says the amazing line when she's like i don't know if we should be doing this and he's like what do you mean like a sleepover and she's like yeah and then he says well that's okay i just as long as i'm on top and then she yes. goes with it. Yeah, and then she walks inside, sees his apartment, and doesn't run away. Yeah, everybody's totally fine with this behavior and doesn't question mm-hmm. it at all. And then, like, the trampoline scene Ugh. is uncomfortable. Dude, I loved it. You're so fucking off base. 
That was you, you, an amazing okay, scene. You got to explain it to me. I need you to explain why you liked the trampoline scene because I I was unsettled by it just as I was at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I'm starting to think you just have your wires crossed and uh, aren't <laughs> capable of, of feeling joy. <laughs> I mean, this... do you hear the storm behind me, Luke? This is the background to my life. Yeah, you got you've been cursed by God because we talked about Fraser, but outside of that, yeah, I just you know this movie's really wholesome outside of some other stuff we'll talk about here in a moment it's just a good light funny movie and i did think it was really funny in that scene just to watch her i don't remember her name uh i think it was susan but give me a moment yeah so they watch his susan thank you so susan his love interest is here thinking she's going to be having some kind of sexual encounter or date with with this new vp and instead just to watch her face as she re-experiences some joy of uh you know getting out of her comfort zone and jumping up and down on a trampoline it did make me think about how on earth you would manage to look sexy while on a trampoline so i've developed a 13-day course that i'm now selling for 29.99 which is luke patrick's guide to making trampolines sexy Ooh, yeah. Uh, where can I sign up for that? Yeah, the domain is yet to be purchased, but I feel like it is just going to be Luke Patrick's Guide to Make Trampoline Sexy dot probably org. You sure you don't want that those requests sent to? <laughs> <laughs> or they can call you at. God damn it, dude! Is this because I said that you've been cursed <laughs> and you can't feel joy? I gotta figure out how to do beeps yeah. now. <laughs> uh, you're <laughs> well, welcome. Outside of uh, doxing me, yeah, I thought that this movie was full <laughs> of just good little joyful moments. I really enjoyed the. I mean, the core concept is fucking solid. Just like a. Oh yeah, and and I'll I'll, I'll grant you that there's a wholesomeness to it. I think maybe I was just weirded out that she repeatedly was like, "No, I don't want to do this," and he was like, "No." come on like just jump yeah uh but but i guess given your your sort of perspective on it yeah i'm i'm seeing that yeah i mean there's a running theme through this movie which is just what happens when you bring a childlike sense of joy Mm -hmm. and wonder into an adult world although to your point i don't know that a 13 year old's childlike sense of joy is necessarily the same as an eight-year-old right yeah and and i'll say her uh when it when it shows her sleeping on the bottom bunk in his apartment there is like a a smile that crosses her face and like a like an ease and a comfort that you don't see previous to that in the movie hell yeah dude did she stop smoking after that scene holy shit you're right dude we see her smoking a lot before yeah no i you know what i take it back because she is smoking in the car uh the next day with her current boyfriend on whom she has cheated question mark yeah via trampoline Uh yeah she smokes in the car with him but once she leaves him who is uh as we all know kevin McAllister's dad from home alone yes once she leaves him she stops smoking right yeah i think you're you're right again because she's felt a renewed sense of joy and is no longer exclusively interested in climbing the goddamn corporate ladder, Sam. This movie exactly. is good. It slaps ass. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it fully. Uh, again, there's just some darkness. And I think it might also show that Tom Hanks is the solution to stop everyone from smoking. So anyone who needs to stop <laughs> smoking, just give Tom Hanks a call. Uh, go out on a couple dates with him. 
and uh, I'm sure Rita won't mind. And uh, and you'll quit smoking forever. Yeah, it's for a good cause. If you just can't put the Chesterfields down, give all uh, Tom Hanks a call, and he'll he'll wine and dine you, and then you'll magically be cured. It's way better than hypnotism. Hell yeah. And and Luke, I do want to keep talking about this movie, but I have an FAO Schwartz magazine right here because it definitely still exists, and I don't have any money on me. Can we uh run to the Hanks Bank? Yeah, you got to pay for all that Playmobil. Let's go. So, Luke, uh, this past week I was uh, doing some social media managing for our for our podcast here, and uh, I was on our Twitter following Tom Hanks as the only person that we follow, and I did wonder, is, is the goal of this podcast to have Tom on it? <laughs> um, I mean, obviously we wouldn't say no. That would be a huge win for us, and probably for Tom Hanks too. It'll really help his career. Yeah, I think with, with I our... think he really needs the Luke and Sam bump. Yeah, honestly, I haven't been considering it that from that direction. I think the fact that we're only following Tom Hanks is a better indication. I feel like this podcast will eventually turn into our own Zoltar, where we have limited all exposure to anything not Tom Hanks. Uh, we've just completely nuked that, and now we are in fact the sole worshippers of Tom Hanks and exclusively interact with his media in his presence. Oh, so you're suggesting that we'll become a cult. Yeah, I mean, I don't like that word, mm, but, okay. but functionally, yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, he's just our god. Yeah, and again, I don't like that word <laughs> for for Tom, um, but yeah, I think I think that's, that's how I was viewing the goal. Uh, and obviously, if you were to join our podcast, I feel like now... You know, now that I've colored in that bubble, it's <laughs> it's weirder, um, I, but it would be know, nice. I, this is just for our followers to learn about the supreme teachings of our supreme being, Tom Hanks, and and sort of how he does, and uh, how we should all live our lives as a as yeah. a smooth, hot guy with a fat hog in small <laughs> underwear. Today's uh, today's reading will be from Polar Express. Please open your video player to. One hour and 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, well, on the subject of big, I did want to talk about the... Sorry? Oh, I just uh, talk about Tom's fat hog. (laughs) I'm going to move on. Please. Um, (laughs) But with the option to return. Um, So one of the things I did want to ask you about is uh, what do you think it's got to be like for this kid after, you know, having a job, paying a lease dealing with uh deadlines and all that stuff to be jammed back into a child's body this kid's gonna be super fucked up right oh yeah no i don't think he comes back the same yeah because uh, i do i do kind of wonder what happened to josh baskin's whole identity when he unbigged because uh, <laughs> because there's still an apartment in his name mm-hmm. he he had a job ostensibly he had a bank account yeah yeah, what the fuck happened to all that? But uh no, I don't I don't think he's ever going to be the same. I think that you're going to it's it's basically if you if you littled, uh you would have all the the stress and worries of a 30-year-old in a in a 13-year-old's body. I think he would just be wretched. Yeah, I mean if like let's let's say we little Danny DeVito, just because you've little Danny DeVito doesn't mean he's a kid again. As no. much as he would like to be, he's yeah. lived a full life as Danny DeVito. Yeah, I, I, if you made me a child again, I would be smack dab in the middle of health class, screaming about my mortgage. 
<laughs> and your marriage. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the life you've lost. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thought experiment, the, the littling. Oh, I mean, gee, fuck, I could drive. Mm. I wouldn't be able to drive if I littled. Yeah, you can't now, bud. Oh, my God. That'd be awful. Yeah, you can't drink. You've had sexual experiences that you... Uh, it's just a it's a barrel of snakes, and I think the the movie did well to stay away from yeah. the, the epilogue on this one. Yeah, just sort of reuniting him with his grieving mother was was enough to to wrap that that story <laughs> up. Yeah, I did wonder. So so there's a scene where Tom Hanks uh, kind of gets into an altercation with Kevin McAllister's dad uh, while they're playing racquetball. Please tell me you enjoyed this scene. Sam, I did. I did absolutely. Gonna, oh, I did. Fuck. Um, are kids the best wrestlers? <laughs> yes. And to, to to break that one down really quickly, so essentially they're playing racquetball or something like that. Yeah. And Tom, being a child, does the thing of he takes the ball and then plays keepsies away mm-hmm. from this grown-ass man and then they proceed to tussle. And it's, it's a fucking amazing scene. And again, if you didn't like it, I was going to goddamn... Oh, no, no, no. It was great. And some legitimately good like body work by tom who mm-hmm. like did a very convincing sort of uh stint as a child wrestling away from an adult yeah man i don't, it's something that robert de niro couldn't have pulled off oh god no he would have thrown his back out even as a younger man <laughs> just chain smoking through the whole the whole scene <laughs> but yeah i just all i could think is like not nah, kids are the best wrestlers yeah, I think it's the the inhibitions because you're young and spongy. Yeah, uh, you can you can really to your point about Robert De Niro, you can really take a blow, so you you have a lot less fear and no fear of life. You haven't had a mortgage or responsibilities mm-hmm. yet. It really you can feel that in the the way oh, that they yeah. wrestle. Well, and and they're almost cat like in how they're partially fluid. Uh, yeah, there's a fluidity to their movement that they just don't have. So I think, and you know what, the the WWE can have this for free. Put a 12-year-old in the ring with John Cena. Um, John Cena versus this kid from Pasadena. Yeah, I I want to see how that goes cuz I don't think I don't think Cena's going to win. I'll I'll tell you that right now. My money's on <laughs> on the 12-year-old. In this corner, the man from Boston and Texas. In this corner, it's a kid with a math test tomorrow. <laughs> And he hasn't studied. <laughs> I think you're onto something. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, kids are the best wrestlers. Yeah, hands down. So we need to we need to talk about it, Luke. Yeah, the the uh, the weirdness. Um, yeah, the elephant in the in the room. Yeah. First of all, I want to introduce this by saying I don't think Tom Hanks is a good kisser. We've seen him kiss in a couple movies now, and it's gross, and he looks like he's trying to suck their souls out uh, each time. Uh, yeah. In, in this movie, I'll grant him he is a 13-year-old who ostensibly has never kissed before, so he gets a pass this time, but I'm I'm tracking this now. Uh, I have a theory that Tom is not good at kissing. We may hmm. have to send an email to Rita Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I assume she knows at this point, but I'm... All right, you've planted a flag. We're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, high-budget versions of this with things like Sleepless in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, okay. Well, you know, welcome to Hank's Kiss Watch, folks. We'll yeah. uh, keep our eyes planted firmly on those luscious lips from here out. But but let's talk about it. Yeah. There's, there's an undertone of 
pederasty yeah in this it's difficult to deal with and i think the character on which the weight is most is definitely susan yes and that's a hard day at the office to show up and think okay what's my motivation do all your exercises and then think okay well today you know i'm playing a pretty standard role i'm a woman in in a uh, high pressure career i'm figuring myself out there's this guy i'm attracted to those are all kind of normal beats and then to flip it and to have to process emotionally the idea that <laughs> your love interest has been you know a 13 year old this entire time so i kind of want to talk specifically about that because okay. this is a woman who had an intimate sexual relationship with tom hanks and then finds out that he is a 13-year-old in a 30-year-old's body and is fairly nonplussed about it. Yeah, I mean, they they attempt to show her putting some distance. She refuses, uh, not refuses, he doesn't make any further real attempt at contact, but she does kind of keep things a little limited. Uh, yeah, there there is the kiss at the end of the movie where he kind of leans forward, and then she kisses him on the forehead. But there's no, like, moment where she, like, has to, like, where you see any sort of reckoning with, like, dear God, w w dear God, what have I done? Yeah, we don't see her vomiting into the nearest available receptacle right. at any point. Which I think is the, the normal thing to do. Yeah, it's chunky. You know, I feel like big, in a, in a modern context, even in 1988, this was some some dark material. I feel like if they had just kept the relationship uh asexual mm -hmm. i feel like it could have solved the issue here because then it's strange but also you you know no laws were broken nothing got weird um it was just a strange sort of semi-romantic experience you had yeah with a with a with a, a zoltard individual yeah i mean there is this sort of weirdness of like Im implying that really what every woman wants is is to like kind of be a mom to their partner mm, and I didn't, yeah i didn't love that but but otherwise like the the notion of like having that childlike wonder as an adult is is restorative and you know kind of keeps you not mired in the shit of, of sort of daily life as an adult i i liked that but yeah if they had just nixed the the sexual component of their relationship boy this would have been easier to swallow much like Zoltar does with everything. <laughs> Vorking Zoltar. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree. And I feel like I actually really got a lot from that message too, especially, you know, in our context. I mean, to have grown up with you as a friend and now uh, to be jointly experiencing the soul-crushing nature of being <laughs> an adult with uh, many decades ahead of us. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a good message there. But yeah, the relationship aspect is problematic yeah it ain't great yeah well to to pull the ripcord uh and get us out of here i did notice that uh you know how brad pitt is always eating food uh-huh yeah and that's that's his thing mm -hmm. tom hanks version of that is leaving taxis everywhere holy shit yep because uh, I'm pretty sure every time we've seen him take a taxi, or in this movie, he takes it out to buttfuck nowhere, New York, to go find the Zoltar machine. <laughs> His only means of getting home uh, is a taxi that he took there, and it just leaves. God almighty. 
Yeah. How the fuck was he? I mean, she Susan shows up and gives him a lift to your point about being kind of a motherly figure and <laughs> very quickly changing roles. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what was the fucking plan there? He just the taxi's gone. Yeah, he was, gonna, fucking... he was gonna unbig with Zoltar. Yeah. And then just walk. Yeah, use his reduced leg size to now <laughs> walk back to a suburb of New York. Holy walk back shit. to Jersey. What an idiot. I mean, well, yeah. he does have a child's mind, so. Yeah, although at that point he's, you know, maneuvered marketing campaigns and budgets. I feel like he could have kept a taxi. But I mean, uh, do you think he ever did that well, though? No, he's, he's fucking 13. Because <laughs> <laughs> He I doesn't like know he just... fear. Yeah, I think he just sort of like muddled his way through where he was like, yes, yes, numbers, numbers. And they yeah. went, all right, uh, Mr. Baskin, we'll, we'll get that filled in for you. Because that's kind of what, what Susan did at one point. Is he was like, I, I just want this comic book reader that just changes the comics every time without thinking anything about the logistics or technological feasibility of such a product. And then uh, Susan was just like, yeah, I'll figure that all out. <laughs> yeah classic example of a woman in the workplace having to work twice as hard to cover for a man's inadequacies exactly and again yeah. a movie that is not good to women yeah and i think too the 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 work plot line of this would not have functioned if he had worked for say i don't know a municipal waste management company <laughs> <laughs> or an accounting firm. I mean, really, it's just hinged on the fact that he is a 13-year-old still playing with, with toys. Oh, yeah. Um, But you know what was great, Luke? What's that? The Doe Show. Oh, fuck yeah. You yeah. love that Doe, huh? Oh, my God. So uh, for his birthday, he and his uh, friend Billy, who I do have a lot of questions about why people didn't ask a lot of questions about a 30, 30-year-old 30, uh, 30 man hanging around with a 13-year-old boy who looks nothing like him. Um, but they do yep. go to this like Italian restaurant where there's a guy like tossing uh, like a pizza. And so I was like, oh, OK, yeah, whatever. And then he just starts fucking throwing it all over the place and tossing dough all over the place. And then and then he's like, toss the dough back at me. And it's raw dough, people. And and they throw the dough back and he catches it in his mouth, which is yeah. disgusting. And like, I just was so entertained by it. This is bizarre restaurant where dough is flying all over the place and a man is maybe eating raw dough right in front. Uh, <laughs> oh, for sure he's eating it, bud. That is happening. And then they bring out a cake. It's just, oh, it was so good. I yeah, love the dough I, show. I feel like they just got a memo mixed up and uh, they, they mixed up throwing rolls uh, with you know, throwing <laughs> the constituent parts of rolls. Yeah, they, they forgot to bake it first. Yeah. They they did. It is pretty great, and it looked like a fun birthday. It did. I mean, I don't I don't want to go to that restaurant, but it looked like a good time. Yeah. Well, hey man, did you find uh, any other sweet juicy nuggets uh, in this movie? Anything else you wanted to to bring up? Uh, let's see. There there was the part where um, Susan got pretty upset and like kind of didn't know where her relationship with Tom was going. And so she did get very vulnerable and say, you know, how do you feel about me? Because she clearly was not sure that, that Tom was really in this relationship with both feet. And so sure. does just hit hit her a lot with a comic book. And then they just <laughs> have a good time hitting each other with comic books. Yeah. 
Hey, man, it's hard to know what you feel about anything, I feel like, uh, at 13, <laughs> to be leveled with a, a question like that. Uh, hey, how do you feel our relationship is going? <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years is a difficult question. Oh, for sure. For a preteen. I can I can give you some of the moments where Kenna laughed. Mm. Oh, yeah, let's get the Kenna, Kenna laugh report. Let's see. Uh, she laughed at Tom eating that baby corn, like a mm. like a full thing of corn. That was great. Oh, it was so good. Let's see. She laughed at him riding the zebra at FAO Schwartz, and then when he was twitching on the ground after he'd been shot by that like weird laser gun thing. Oh, yeah. Great scene. Uh, she loved those. She laughed at, at him when he was on the bike. As an adult, like when he first leaves the house and he's on that bike and his like legs are all out at this weird angle because he's on a child's bike. Yeah, man. The core physicality of this concept is is awesome and so funny in those initial... Outside of the harrowing aspect of <laughs> a child abduction, yeah, the physicality really works. Well, and you know what's interesting? His physical comedy has never worked before. Yeah, you've especially been uh, very much anti-Tom Hanks and slapstick. So it's, it's, it is strange to me that now it works. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the writing. I think it's just the direction mm -hmm. and the, the solid construction of the goofs. The goofs are, are well-stewed in this one. Oh, yeah. Do you have any other standout moments? Anything you want to leave us with? You know, nothing really. We've covered the highlights. I will say that I, I genuinely enjoyed this movie. It slaps ass, and I, I laughed at it a lot, even without the assistance of several margaritas. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty great. If you are if you haven't seen it, I do think it's worth the three ninety nine to uh, rent it from somewhere and check it out. Man, we are really racking up some bills here with all these three ninety nine <laughs> rentals, aren't we? Yeah, our uh, our sworn uh, sworn deity is slowly chipping away our finances in, in four dollar microtransactions. Oh yeah. On that note, uh, next week we'll be watching 1988's Punchline, and uh, and Luke, what do you think that's about? So, given the title and the fact that I know absolutely nothing about this movie, I am pretty sure that this is a predecessor to Seinfeld in the same way that people later like rob schneider have recut this format it's going to be a combo of tom hanks as a stand-up comedian doing topical stand-up related to the plot structure of the movie working his way through the clubs and eventually culminating in him performing in madison square garden having a, a wonderful career uh before you know being revealed as a, a 13 year old in a man's body <laughs> um <laughs> is then forced to kind of uh step away from the limelight uh in light of these revelations that's my prediction but uh you know i'm really curious to hear what you what you think punchline is going to be about i think it's going to be a gritty boxing movie uh oh, sort of like a predecessor yes. to million dollar baby mm -hmm. not not a not a funny one at all uh just going to be about the hard hard life of a boxer gotcha sort of daredevil but just the boxing parts it, yes exactly all right. Well, I dig it, man. Continuing to take the titles very literally. Mm -hmm. um, you were pretty off base on Dragnet. It had about about nothing to do with shrimping. It did have zero to do with <laughs> shrimping, but I'm eventually I'm gonna be right, Luke. Well, you know, one of these days. Uh, but before we leave off today, we just wanted to take a minute to talk about 2020 sucks. It's a it's a real fuck of a year, and shit's real bad. 
real bad. We wanted to take this opportunity to um, just kind of suggest some some ways that our listeners can can try to help make the rest of 2020 and hopefully 2021 and, and the years after that a little bit better. So so we wanted to just toss out you know some some organizations you can donate to. Uh, you can donate to Black Lives Matter. They also have a website, blacklivesmatters.card, C-A-R-R-D.co, and that has a, a list of a lot of different ways that you can help out, including uh, petitions, uh, local and national organizations that you can donate to, and just, just loads of good ways to help out there. Also really recommend supporting the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, and Planned Parenthood, both are great organizations that, that do a lot for a lot of various communities, disadvantaged communities, and, and that sort of thing. And then also, you know, it's an election year. Normally I just say vote, but not this time. Nope. Vote Democratic up and down the ticket. Yep. Just don't vote for Republicans. So yeah, that that's that's the, the bit of this where we're kind of bring the tone down. And, and really... Given everything going on, if this podcast can bring any of you even a, a minute of mirth, uh, I, I think it's worth it. Uh, we all need to find ways to sort of take care of ourselves and, and, and find the light in all of this. And so if this is a way to do that, then, then that's great. Yep. And if it can't, there's always Luke Patrick's Guide to Making Trampolines Sexy. Yes. And uh, and remember, you can you can get that guide by emailing Luke at <laughs> oh god damn it or calling him at uh. yep <laughs> yep um but yeah uh s- some other business items uh we now have an email address and that's uh. HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, and that's uh, HanksyPanksyPodcast. And we also have a Twitter, uh, and that's at HanksyPanksy. Feel free to uh, drop us a line, follow our pages, and uh, keep up to date on, on what we're doing. And, uh, you know, while, while you're following us on Twitter, follow Tom Hanks, too. Yeah, man. Uh, he's got some great teachings. He'll really open your third eye. Yeah. We'll be back next week with 1988's Punchline. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, you want my final quote? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Fuck. It's I okay. I goof for that hard. You dox me and then you don't even ask for the final quote. <laughs> I almost hit stop on recording too. Yeah. Hey, Luke, give me that final quote, please. Yeah, so the quote was uh, screamed at the St. James Motel in New York in the beginning of this movie, and it is... Tonight. Get out of the bathroom now! <laughs> uh, a quote that, you know, sometimes we all need to yell. Yeah. So yes, that'll do it for this episode of Thanks, uh, Hanksy Panksy. And Thanksy Panksy. <laughs> and Thanksy Panksy. Thanksy Panksy Panksy for, for listening <laughs> to... Uh, shit. That'll do it. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll be back next week with The Punchline. <laughs>